Hi, welcome back to Spend, Donate, Invest. This is a podcast that's exploring the topic of whether there might be some ways we can line up what we're doing with our money and our values when it comes to the kind of world we'd like to help shape. Because here's the thing. If you're listening to this, you probably vote. You might even protest. Maybe you've called your senator about something you'd like them to fix. What I'm trying to chat about on this podcast is if there might be a whole other category of things we can do, specifically with our money. So I'm asking questions like, where do we bank? Where do we shop? Where do we donate? These are the things that I wonder about. You might be wondering about them too. If you are, you can drop a line anytime and I'll be happy to explore it on the show. The email address is spenddonateinvest at gmail.com or you can use the voice recorder function on the show's website, which is at spenddonateinvest.world, W-O-R-L-D. And I'll transcribe your question and I'll read it on the air. We've covered so much in the past year. Questions have come in about trying to give up brands from companies who have values that are different to yours, trying to convince your partner to switch to a more socially responsible bank, and whether or not to give that person with a cardboard sign some cash. In case you aren't already familiar, if you're new to the show, I'm your host. I go by Gigi, that's short for Gennett Gimja, and... What can I say? I'm a curious person. I love reading your emails because it gives me a chance to do some research. Sometimes I call up folks that I know about these things, and then I come back and I share what I found out. In the past, I have worked, oh, I mean, so many places. I've worked in the private sector. I've worked in the nonprofit public sector. I read a lot. Uh, sometimes 50, 100 books a year. I believe that inequality and oppression are baked into capitalism, or at least the version of capitalism that we're doing. Um, What else can I tell you about myself? I think the entire system needs to be overhauled. And at the same time, I also believe in taking the incremental steps that we can as individuals for now. So for example, climate change. My sense is that ultimately corporations need to be regulated and the government needs to be empowered to do that, but I'm still going to recycle my trash at home. This week, we have a listener letter. If you ever want to send one, again, the email is spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. So here's a letter. It's wedding season and I'm already dreading it. All of it just seems so excessive. The travel, the expenses, the loss of vacation days, and that's on my end. I can't even imagine what it's like for the people getting married. As I've become more climate aware, I'm starting to see a lot of things through this lens. I don't want to be that guest, but when I see the tool-covered almonds and the welcome bags wrapped in cellophane, and I think about everyone getting on a plane and burning up all that jet fuel... I don't know. It just feels wasteful. I really enjoyed being able to attend weddings over Zoom during COVID. Me too. Oh, man, I really miss that. Um, Let me get back to the letter. But it seems like that trend is over, at least for my friends. So I guess I don't have a question per se. I just wanted to comment about the wastefulness of our traditions as a culture. So that's the letter. 
some hot takes from our listener today. If you're getting married this year and you've already planned everything, maybe don't listen to this episode. (laughs) But if this is a topic you're interested, stick around and let's discuss. Sustainable weddings. I've heard about these for some time, and it seems like every spring this topic resurfaces. Another wedding-related topic that sometimes comes up or has come up in the last couple of years is plantation weddings. So let me know if that's something you're interested in as well, and we can do an exploration there. I'm going to link an article about sustainable weddings in the New York Times. They have wedding planners and sustainable um, sustainability experts providing advice on how to create a more sustainable wedding. And what I really loved about this article is that they linked to a wedding footprint calculator, which was so interesting. I'll link that too. So it seems that the biggest categories that come into play when you're thinking about the sustainability of a wedding or a similar event is the location, Uh, how you're sourcing the items like food, flowers, clothing, gifts. Um, What else? A lot of the experts talked about the size or the number of guests. As a person who comes from a culture where hundreds of people, often thousands of people show up to weddings, um, often for couples they don't even know, (laughs) I could barely read the suggestions about paring down the number of guests uh, just from a cultural standpoint. I can't even tell you the number of Eritrean weddings I've attended where I never did find out who exactly was getting married. And I'm even including weddings that I traveled for, like as in out of town. I have traveled out of town for a wedding and never met the people getting married. (laughs) Probably more than once. (laughs) So, you know, on this show, we like to add a little bit of cultural nuance. So, um You know, as I was reading these suggestions from these sustainability experts, I think your mileage is going to vary. You're going to have to think about your own culture, your own traditions, your own values, and where it makes sense to modify your plans in order to be more sustainable. So in the New York Times article, they profile this Australian couple. I think they were Australian. And some of the things they did to make their wedding more sustainable, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say the article referred to their wedding as carbon neutral. So the first thing they did was they mentioned doing locally sourced food, drinks, and flowers. I would be shocked if they didn't also do sustainable, you know, maybe vintage clothing or some kind of secondhand clothing as well, because at least one person in the couple is an ethical fashion blogger. So makes sense. Um, But what they realized is that even having made all those very conscious, you know, climate conscious choices, they still had a lot of guests flying into their wedding. And so the carbon emissions were still higher than what they wanted. So what they did was they made a donation to a nonprofit that plants trees to offset carbon emissions. And you could be super nitpicky about it and question how effective that is, but that's not the vibe here at this podcast. (laughs) So um, if you continue to read this New York Times article, what the experts are recommending is a small wedding in the same area where you and your guests live, uh, wearing rented or secondhand clothing, 
and serving a vegetarian menu with seasonal ingredients so you aren't like flying in avocados or whatever. What I'm going to do is to go through the sustainable wedding calculator and see if maybe anything sparks an idea for you. And again, you're just going to have to think about your own culture. Um, For example, I just cannot imagine a vegetarian-only wedding in my culture, but I don't know. Other Eritreans in the diaspora, if you're listening, let me know if you've ever been to something like that before or if you think it could fly. So, okay, back to this wedding uh, sustainability calculator. The first question right off the bat on this calculator is, where is the wedding? You have three choices, local, regional, or overseas. Obviously, the idea is that sustainability decreases the more flights that are taken to the wedding. The second question is, how many guests and you're asked to make estimates for how far they're traveling for the wedding. When you go into the next section of the wedding calculator, you're asked about clothing, not just whether your clothes and your spouse's clothes are secondhand, but you're even asked about the primary material the clothing is made out of. Cotton, linen, silk, polyester. I was not expecting that. (laughs) And the same is asked about your wedding party if you have one. Then you're asked about your rings. Are they gold, silver, platinum? Are those mined or recycled minerals? If you have a stone in your ring, is it lab grown or is it mined? And then the next section asks about the catering for your wedding, if there is any. So are you feeding people at your event? Are you providing finger food? Are you doing a buffet, a three-course meal? Is it vegetarian, pescatarian, meat? Is the dishware disposable? Is it reusable? The next section is about decor. So the tablecloths, the napkins, the furniture, are you buying it? Are you renting it? And then the flowers. That's something that comes up again and again, even when I looked at other pieces online. Where are the flowers coming from? A lot of times flowers are shipped in from really far away. And, um, you know, obviously there's some sustainable Um, sustainability questions surrounding that. And then the accoutrement for the flowers. Uh, Are you using that green floral foam stuff? Are you going to compost the flowers after? Stationery comes up next on the wedding calculator. Are you printing and mailing invitations out? Are you printing menus? How green is your venue? Are they using renewable energy? So you put in all of this information. And then the calculator spits out a number, and that is your wedding's carbon footprint, which they will also report in terms of the amount of carbon per guest, if you want. So that's what I found. Let me know if you use this calculator to look up your wedding or another special event. I've seen people do big milestone birthdays or vow renewals, so you might find this calculator helpful as you think about the environmental impact of similar events. Of course, I'm always interested in talking about the cultural nuances. I think that's something that's often lost in these general interest articles. So I'm going to post the link for the New York Times article and this uh, wedding footprint calculator thing that was a lot of fun to poke around and explore. Um, 
that's it for this week. I want to encourage you to please send in anything that you might be wondering about. The email address, again, is spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. I really appreciate hearing from you all. And I've got a few things I'm working on, some bigger questions that have come in through email. There is a monthly-ish newsletter that I send out. And if you're interested in receiving that, you can also just email the show and I'll put you on the distribution. Um, You can get more links, sometimes um, a little bit of a deeper dive if you're interested. And I would ask you if you're enjoying these conversations to help me to expand our community and to expand the conversation. It turns out that people still discover podcasts through word of mouth. So if you liked this episode, or I don't know, if you know somebody that maybe you didn't like it, but you know someone that you think would like it, (laughs) please share an episode. (laughs) Please share an episode with them. And uh, I would love to have your, um, I would love to have your support in that way. Thanks so much. And let's talk again soon.